When it comes to productivity, especially productivity with your art, as an artist, it feels like, look, there's never enough time to do everything. For the modern artist, we often have to juggle a wide variety of tasks. You may be taking on a large project that has multiple aspects. You may be juggling doing social media posting, promoting yourself. There's a huge variety of different challenges you have to take on. And for me, anyway, it always feels like there is just never enough time to do it all properly. However, one of the most important things you can do to really help in this area is separate out two key concepts, the ideas of time and energy. Now, this is an abstract and amorphous concept, but Really understanding this issue has been one of the major things that has allowed me personally to get a lot more art done and deal with a lot of those challenges where we are juggling different non-art tasks like social media and other life challenges and making sure that not only are we able to be more productive and get more things done, but we're able to actually enjoy the work that we do more. So what am I going on about here and what do I mean exactly by the word energy? Well, stick around for this episode to find out. Welcome to the Visual Scholar Podcast. My name is Tim McBurney. I've been a professional working artist for over 20 years. And on this show, we're all about demystifying the worlds of art, creativity and productivity so that you can get better, faster and enjoy your artistic journey. All right, what do I mean exactly by the word energy? And I guess also how can we separate this from the concept of time management or that feeling of, look, I need more time. You know, I don't have enough time. I'm not getting things done. I think it can be very frustrating in the beginning, especially if you go to the effort of actually deciding and committing to do something, some art project or you are really sort of trying to put a lot of effort into some new artistic endeavor. Again, it could be juggling social media and your actual creating of your art. It could be a larger project like a comic book project, an art book project. Often, you know, it could just be a matter of understanding, you know, how to get more art done or how to actually, you know, learn better. Maybe you put a lot of effort in, you put a lot of time in, but you're not actually getting better. I think that understanding the concept of energy here is one of the things that has allowed me to, again, get a lot more done and enjoy the process of doing it. But what do I mean by energy? I mean, again, this is not a technical term. It's kind of a manifestation of, I guess, a feeling of potentiality of how much motivation, how much inspiration, how much focus you have. I think this is something that, look, you, you know what I mean here. When we have energy to attack a project, we you know, are really excited about it. We, we often get it done faster. You can think about this kind of in the physical realm, right? It, it really simply, you know, when you have a lot of energy, you can you know, run around and you can do a lot of stuff. You can pick up a lot of weights, you know, you can run a long way. You, you kind of got lots of bounce. And, and when you don't have a lot of energy, you know, you're kind of dragging your feet. And I think metaphorically, we do the same thing mentally. You can be, you know, tackling a task and it's very easy to stay focused on it. You are really excited about it. You're not thinking about other things. There's a combination of sort of mental focus, mental clarity, mental commitment, mental excitement, mental motivation, right? Where we just have a lot of potential energy that we can sort of employ on that thing. 
And I think that that could be contrasted by not having a lot of mental energy where typically we're, it's easy to get distracted or we're trying to multitask. We, you know, just sort of don't really, it, it's, it's hard to even will yourself to do it, right? You're like, oh, I've got to do this thing. And, you know, you're, you're kind of staring bleary eyed through a fog of sort of confusion, right? And, and just everything's not as snappy, right? Now, it's important to understand that what I'm talking about here and what we'll get into is not necessarily just a matter of peak performance, right? And, and being hyperproductive and being focused all the time. I think that with art specifically, we have different tasks that we can do on our art and doing, engaging in different endeavors, like again, social media or website or marketing or writing emails. Often these things are part of our daily routine as a professional artist. Um, and again, all of these things require different levels of energy. So I, I'm going to break this idea down because I think it, it really does sort of work. And this is why I think it's important to unpack it so we really understand this before we go to like, hey, just do this thing to, to get more productive. I think we can look at this idea of saying, okay, you either have a lot of energy for a particular task or you don't. But also, as I said, there is a gradient of how much just general focus you have throughout the day and your capacity to take on different tasks. And I think this really does unpack one of the key problems that I often see with productivity literature as it relates to art. Because often, if you read a lot of productivity literature, it, it says that we shouldn't multitask we just need to be 100% focused on the things that we're doing. And one of my biggest, you know, one of the reasons I start this podcast is to talk about the idea of translating a lot of that productivity stuff for artists and, and kind of using my experience with this to try and see if we can sort of translate that and take what works and then look at what is unique to the artistic, artistic experience. And the reason I say that is because, like, yes, it is possible to be 100% focused on your art, but I think there are often very menial tasks with art that don't really line up with that sort of knowledge work, hyper productivity um, attitude. So for instance, you know, you're often just sort of rendering or sort of noodling around on your art. And, and it could be said that, look, you know, that's not the best thing to do. You, you should be focused 100%. But I think that there are more cathartic activities with art that are more akin to kind of menial physical tasks. And I think as humans, we're, we're often very evolved to handle these menial tasks. I think that we probably spend a lot of our evolutionary time weaving baskets or, you know, sort of doing something very simple, right? Like picking berries, doing these sort of simple hunter-gatherer concepts. And we're kind of used to talking to people that we're around while we do that. And I think that's really important to understand is that we, we're, we are adapted to focus a lot, but I don't think you often have that much focus time in the day. Often what we're dealing with is managing areas of high focus. And this doesn't necessarily, this could be at any point in the day and areas of medium focus and low focus. And these are things we'll sort of go into. And that 
there's a particular vibrational energy that you have. There's an amount of energy and a quality of the energy. It's not just like hyper-focused and low-focused. I think sometimes there are cases where we really want to do thinking and there are other times where we're doing very important work. You're weaving your baskets, right? You're flatting your comic book page. You're doing simple rendering tasks. Um, and these things often take a lot more time. They don't require as much focus. And what I'd often find is, you know, I would often like to listen to audiobooks while I do that. I A lot of artists watch movies while they're doing these kind of menial tasks. And that goes against all of the productivity advice, right? Which is that you sort of shouldn't do that. And I think one could say that, look, yeah, that's not the most effective way to get stuff done, but we don't always have 24 hours or even eight hours or whatever your sort of day is. You you, you find you can't actually focus 100% for all of that time. And I think the reason that energy is important and what we'll go into is that if you can think about the way that you are employing time, not as just all time is equal, but the different areas of the day and different ways that you feel and the way that you match those to different tasks can drastically increase or decrease the effectiveness you have at completing those tasks. And I think that there are times where you probably do want to just turn everything off and avoid all multitasking and just really go for that ideal productivity focus, which is something, again, we'll sort of talk about some tips for doing that. But there are times when also you need to match the vibrational energy of the thing that you're doing, the task you have to do with, you know, maybe being a little bit more chill, right? Where you are just watching your movies, you are just, you know, having something on the background, you can be talking to people. There are a lot of these tasks where like, honestly, once you sort of get good at it, once you get good at weaving the little basket or doing the, the menial thing, you're, you're shelling oysters, you're cracking nuts, you're doing one of these things, you're grinding flour, you're making bread. You do that enough and it becomes sublimated. It becomes automated. It's it's not really something that requires a lot of cognitive energy. And I think we are used to sort of doing a few things at the same time as we do that. So again, there's a couple of these ideas here where I feel like the experience of an artist as it is lived maybe doesn't quite match all of those productivity ideals. And I think as artists, what we often do is say like, yuck, like I don't want that. And often these books, um, you know, like sort of David Allen's Getting Things Done or The Power of Full Engagement by Tony Schwartz. Um, you know, these things are very business-like, right? It's like the examples they give are like, oh, here's um, Susan from accounting and, you know, she's got this problem and that problem. And I'm like, I'm an artist. I don't want to be in accounting, right? It's completely different. And and just the whole vibe of that is is very different. In, in a similar way, I think the, the more modern sort of hustle culture, productivity literature, from my experience, doesn't, doesn't land that well either. Because as artists, we need to be really emotionally connected to the work we're doing. And I think a lot of that sort of the Gary Vaynerchuk, the Silicon Valley hustle culture, like the, the crush it, you know, the classic sort of crush it book that was, you know, sort of started a lot of this stuff. You know, I, I feel like there's a point at which if you have that attitude, it affects the art, right? And it makes the art worse. Unless your art really does vibe with that kind of energy of like, I'm just going to keep going and push through and, you know, you, you <laughs> I think you do have to appreciate and, and nurture the type of energy that you have and the feelings that you have when you're creating your art. And it's hard to just kind of push through and be like, oh, it doesn't matter, bro, just like do it. So 
Anyway, that's a long way to go to talk about why I think this idea of energy is important, which is, again, just sort of, I think you know what I mean. You just have like energy to do a task, but also we can extrapolate that and I think apply it in some really interesting ways when it comes to organizing your day. So anyway, let me know if that kind of makes sense. I think this is a really, really important concept. And, and the main thing here is to separate this idea of energy from time because you can spend a lot of time on something, but if you don't have the right energy to do it, then you're not going to be able to be very effective at it. Or if you're taking some really low focus task that doesn't actually require that much energy and you're doing it in the prime time of your day where you really have maximum energy, you're really motivated, inspired, you're all psyched up, and then you kind of fill that with a bunch of stuff that probably doesn't require much focus, then again, you're missing out on a lot of opportunity to get more stuff done throughout the day. So anyway, let's unpack these concepts a little bit more. And again, at the end with the takeaways, I'll, I'll really sort of share with you how I think people normally are getting this upside down and my best advice for how you can sort of use these concepts to organize your day. Now, before we jump in, there's three main concepts here that I think are, are really sort of good just to sort of get a refresher and, and sort of view this idea of like, how can we get more stuff done? So if you're trying to like get more stuff done, you can think of time and energy as being similar in this way, but let's again, explicitly use sort of energy. The only way you can actually get more stuff done is to do one of three things. You can either get more energy somehow, right? You can find more time or, or again, more energy. And again, the distinction between finding more time and more energy is, is something that's really, really interesting. But you can get more of it, right? More time, more energy, right? You know, I, I sleep less, I get more time, right? You probably get less energy, right? If, if you sleep less, which is, again, is, is part of this trade-off. But the second thing you could do is you can sort of learn how to employ it and deploy it better. And this is a subtle concept that we'll kind of dive into, but really this is a matter of, I guess, being more judicious with the things you actually do and thinking more carefully about what you should or shouldn't do. A lot of being more productive is figuring out what you're not going to do. So just being very choice and, and very deliberate about what you actually choose to do. Again, a little bit of an homorphous concept. We'll, we'll dig into these a, a, more as we go. The third thing is that you can become more efficient with the actual time slash energy that you have. And, and this a lot of this is about going back to those ideas of productivity literature, things like not multitasking, staying out of the gray zone, again, developing and building a ritual so that essentially when you're sitting down to do these things, you are actually doing them for the whole time, right? You're not kind of spending, I'm going to spend an hour doing my art and, uh, you know, you kind of sit down and you spend half an hour of that time kind of getting ready and sharpening your pencils and figuring out what you're doing and, you know, forgetting all the stuff that kind of happened before. And, and you're kind of spending the time, but actually not much stuff gets done, not much drawing, not much art, not much painting, whatever it is for you gets done. So what we're going to do is unpack those three concepts a little bit and I'll share a, a few ideas and examples because I think separating these out is a really key thing to do. And as I said, in the end, we'll go over some really sort of practical advice. But anyway, let's look at that first thing. When it comes to getting more, more energy, more ability to get stuff done, I think the, the main concept here 
that we want to look at is the intersection between energy and time. Often what we're saying or thinking is, I need more, therefore I need more time. I'm not getting this done, therefore I need to get more time. What I think we need to switch to is to say, I need to get more energy. And once we make that switch, I think a few more opportunities and and options and possibilities open up to us. So it it is important to to state a few things when it comes to the idea of energy and, and getting more and how this might relate. Because the number one thing that I think you can do is to identify as I was sort of hinting at, the different levels of focus that different tasks might have. And I think this really is the key to unlocking a lot of these um, different concepts from a practical standpoint. And what I'll do just briefly to explain that is to look at, for myself, a good metaphor, which is that if I'm creating a comic book page, there are a variety of different tasks there. There would be the storyboarding, the writing before the storyboarding, then I have the rough drawing, then I have the finish lines, and I have the color. Now, for me, the writing and the storyboarding are things that I really need a lot of high focus energy to do. If I don't have a lot of high focus energy, what tends to happen is those tasks take a lot of time. So for instance, if say I'm trying to create five pages of a comic book storyboard, which is for me, it's a mix of writing and it's a mix of drawing. Now, typically for me, when I'm doing writing or I'm doing anything that is kind of involving words, it really means that I can't be watching or listening to any any other words. So this may be different for you, but for me, if I'm writing or I'm thinking about writing or, or sort of reading. It's the same thing where you kind of can't read and sort of listen to someone at the same time. You kind of tend to tune one of them out because our brain can only process one of those. Um, that's how it works for me. So there's that to begin with, which is that this task is a written task. Therefore, it, it doesn't operate the same as maybe coloring the page, which is a very menial physical task. And in that case, it doesn't. the task itself is taking up zero of the word sort of conceptual sort of talky part of my brain. So it's very easy for me to listen to stuff and fully understand it while I'm doing that menial task. Again, we'll unpack this a little bit as we progress. But as an example, if I'm trying to do five pages of a storyboard and I do it when I'm fresh in the morning, and again, we'll unpack this concept as well because I think not everyone's level of energy is going to be the same throughout the day. And a big part of this is a matter of you figuring out and hacking for yourself where you find the perfect match of the vibrational energy you have and how you match that to a particular task. That, that really is the, the, the TLDR of a lot of this, is that if you can do that, you'll get more done overall. If I try and do those five pages of a storyboard, and for me right now with my schedule, it means that in the morning is when I have the most focus and energy. I, I might get you know, those five pages done in an hour. But if I kind of fast forward and I try and do that same task at the end of the day, it might take me two hours to get that same amount of stuff done. So this is where the idea of getting more energy is a matter of finding it within your day and allocating it properly 
versus just pouring on more time. Because often what you find is, you know, if it's not working so far, often the problem is not just more time. It's a matter of using it differently. So that's a good example of how we can shift around the task and essentially not we're not necessarily getting more energy. There are ways that we, we might be able to get more, but what I'm doing there is just sort of allocating it a little bit better. But hopefully that illustrates the point that you can be doing something and putting in time, but because you don't have the same amount of energy or focus that's required for that task, you're just not going to get it done. It's going to be much, much less um, effective. So the first way that you can get more stuff done is to just allocate the types of tasks you have to the right type of day. Now, you may be saying that's kind of obvious. Yes, it is. But I think often the problem is we don't do it. And I think also when we look at a lot of productivity literature, it can get a bit confusing in the way that those things relate to what we do. So the other thing that you can really try and do is to understand where you might have low focus tasks. Because a lot of a lot of productivity literature focuses very much on optimizing, right? So it's like do do all you do everything in the morning, you know, do everything that's important in the morning. But I think for artists, we have a wide variety of different tasks. And often we we also have tasks that maybe like replying to emails and, you know, doing these kind of uh, more sort of business aspects, uh, building social media posts, uh, interacting, replying to comments. These can be part of an artistic business. Now, they do require a certain amount of focus, but they might be more in that medium level of focus where you probably can't do them really late at night when you're super tired, but you don't actually want to spend your primary focus time doing that kind of stuff because, the big trick here when we're looking at finding more energy is to understand that you kind of can't, right? You, you only have a certain amount of really high focus effort that you can put in over a day. And this is one of those misconceptions where often people say, I'm working 16 hours a day, you know, I'm really sort of grinding away. And it's hard to understand how a lot of people are actually fully engaged for that amount of time. I would say typically you know, we, we probably have five hours, six hours, absolute max where you can really highly focus. And probably if you look at like your optimum focal tasks, like if you're really writing a book or you're doing one of these tasks where it, it requires your entire physical presence, right? You really do need to focus on it. There's probably only like three or four hours in the day where you can really do that before you start to burn out and again, lose energy. The time's there. Maybe, you know, you, you, you're still in the morning, but you've just done something that's a massive mental drain. And these creative tasks can be a massive mental drain. And I think they can be much more of a mental drain than, I, than a lot of people who are writing productivity literature for people in business understand. There's probably not as many business tasks you have to do that require this level of mental sort of work, right? In the same way that if you're writing a book, a lot of writers do have these habits where they kind of get up in the morning and they write really intensely for two or three hours. And then that's basically their day, right? The rest of the day is like editing, dealing with this other stuff. But 
you know, professional writers often have, and again, let me know if you are a professional writer, let me know whether this tracks for you in the comments, but professional writers often have, you know, a fairly short or short bursts of time where they're actually kind of writing and doing that creative stuff. And you, you probably can't do that for 11 hours a day. Your brain will just sort of turn to mush and you'll just kind of be like typing nonsense. Um, and, and I think, uh, again, there's probably ways to increase the level of energy, maybe sort of exercise, diet, meditation, right? There's probably things we can do to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Following a good ritualistic practice where we stay out of the gray zone and we make sure we're taking breaks. All of these things will increase your ability to focus and not get fatigued. So that's another thing here when it comes to, okay, you need to get more energy. Um, how do we do that? There's a number of ways you, you can sort of do that. But the fundamental thing that I think you can do in the beginning when it comes to getting more time, sorry, more energy is to just make sure that you view in your day the primary elements or the primary time where you know you have full mental capacity. Again, for me, that's kind of in the morning, right? It's probably before lunchtime is where I can actually tackle those kind of high focus tasks. After that, I kind of notice that it's going to start to, you know, be less effective, let's say. It doesn't mean I can't do it, but it, I know it's less effective. It means I'm kind of you know, if I did that same task the next day in the morning, I'd actually be getting more done overall because then I'm going to have the mental sort of faculty to actually do it properly. So if I do my storyboarding, um, so as, as a good example from a metaphor, I'm trying to get more energy, not more time. I can't change the amount of time I have. If I want to get more energy to apply to a task, it would be better for me to maybe break my storyboarding of my comic over multiple days and just really focus on doing a, a really intense chunk every morning when I'm fully switched on. Um, because I notice after about two or three hours of doing that, uh, my mind starts to wander, I lose focus. And even if I'm taking breaks and stuff, you know, I start to, again, I start to be exchanging more hours for a particular quantity of pages that are storyboarded. So it's better and more effective and I will get more done over the long term if I maybe do five pages each day and I split that over, you know, four days and I just do it in the morning. Again, ideally I can do this. Maybe you can't, but I know that if I need to storyboard that whole comic in one day, probably in the beginning, it's going to go really well. And then as the day progresses, I'm going to get more and more fatigued and I'm going to have to put a lot of focus on sort of staying alert. I think when that happens, you, you're more likely to burn yourself out. So the first thing to think about when it comes to finding more energy is that if you just time shift the things around, it means you probably will get more done overall. The second thing, again, linked to that is to understand that there are different types of energy. Now, I like to use a simple framework, which is just high focus, medium focus, and low focus tasks. As I said, for my comic book, the high focus task would be writing, storyboarding. The medium focus tasks would be the drawing, the construction, the perspective, the anatomy, making sure everything's dialed in. The low focus tasks would be the finished lines, the inking, and then the flatting, and then the coloring, and then the finishing. So your tasks will be different. The you know times of your day where you're, you're going to have high focus may be different. You may find that you have some tasks that really 
you know, you can do quite late at night and you actually have a lot of energy there. The energy also is something that gets burnt up over the day. So as I said, it's not just a matter of, oh, we all have focus in the morning. If you're doing sort of nothing throughout the day and then you have your actual creative period at the at night, what you'll find is you may actually have a lot of energy to do that. And this is very much a matter of you paying attention to your rhythms, your rituals, how you tend to have focus or lack of focus at different times. Again, you might be a morning person, might be uh, you know sort of a late night person, whatever it is. You're going to know when you have those times of focus. And a big part of getting more done is just understanding how to time shift those things around and breaking up the tasks that you have to make sure that you are matching the type of vibrational energy you have, right? The type of focus you're likely to have at different times in the day with the type of task that you are going to do. So understanding those things, I think will, will get you most of the way there. There is also an element of kind of exercise theory, right? Of like marathon style pacing yourself here. Because again, I think what you kind of start to intuit what you can probably see coming around the corner is that if you burn out, you kind of lose all your energy. And I think this is often what happens is people kind of, you know, we burn, burn the candle at both ends, right? You're burning the midnight oil, you're going through, you're just doing it, you're crushing it, whatever it is. And you're getting a lot of stuff done. But after a while, you find that if you've done this, you, you find that you kind of burn out a bit. And, and even if you're still motivated, even if you're still connected to who you are as an artist and you're doing all the right things, you, you find that, again, the burnout is just that we, we kind of don't have any more of that energy left and we do need to recharge a bit. And I think this is where it's so important to understand that, like again, over time, if you look at how a good runner will run a good marathon, is you do need to pace yourself and you do need to understand that you know, now's the time to go fast. Now's the time to go slow. You have to have a strategy for it. And that over the long term, if you do that, you'll be much more effective, right? And, you know, you can kind of see this happen when people, you know, they go too fast, they go too hard, you know, they, they burn too much energy, they empty their energy tank, you know, um, you see this in uh, combat sports. You know, if they, if they empty that tank early, that's it, it's over. Um, because, you know, they don't have energy to complete the fight. They, they, you know, and, and this often happens if you're running and you go too hard, you kind of crash out. Right. And, and it can be, it's not just a matter of slowing down. Like you can be severely compromised for the entire race. If you just go a little bit too far and a little bit too hard. Um, whereas if you just pace yourself again, overall, you're going to, you know, get a much better time. And I think it's the same concept here because we're dealing with very much the same thing. It's not cardiovascular exercise um, and energy, it's mental energy. But I think the key thing here is to understand that if you pace yourself and you find a good ability to match the the you know the, the focus you have, um, what you'll find is that you can get a lot of these things done early in the day that require the high focus and then you can save. And as soon as you're starting to lose that energy, instead of pushing through, crushing it, grinding, you know, like pushing this stuff uphill, Find some other tasks that are going to fit the type of energy you're going to have for the rest of the day. And then if you focus on getting a good rhythm there and recharging, building a ritual, making sure that you're taking care of yourself over the long term, 
you're going to get a, a huge amount more done, right? And that, again, is one of these things that the productivity literature does talk to. But I think for artists, the way we have to employ it is a little bit different. So if you're looking for more energy, it's also a matter of not expending a huge amount of energy needlessly or really sort of pushing through grinding or burning out. Because if you burn out, you just lose way more time than if you just kind of paced yourself. The other thing I think is that if you don't, and this is something we'll talk about in the next section, talking about matching, right? And allocating the time properly. But if you match the time properly and you're not grinding gears, you're not trying to do a high focus task when you're really exhausted. You're not trying to, this is the other thing that happens is often we are kind of doing a really low focus task in the morning or whenever our high focus task, you know, should be allocated. You're doing something that's just kind of boring and menial. And, and what you tend to find is this is boring. So your mind's going to wander. Um, you're much more easily to be distracted as well because you're, you're kind of looking for a big challenge, something to focus on. If you match all these things up, I think you get more energy out of the whole end of the process because you are just not spending a lot of time sitting there being like, oh, I'm really tired, but I need to finish this task or oh, I'm bored and I'm distracted. If you match everything up, it's a lot more relaxing to work on these different things because you tend to find you have the required focus to work on the right type of task. And I think then you actually get a little bit of energy back from it. If you have a good day and you feel productive, I think that gives you more energy for the next day. So again, look, this is like very abstract and metaphorical because we're talking about an amorphous concept. You can't really measure mental energy in the same way you can like VO2 max or, you know, cardiovascular output. But I really think that if we could, you'd probably see these things happening, which is that you're kind of like emptying that energy tank over the day. And again, you know, after a while, you're kind of like exhausted. And if, if you if you try and push forward, push through those things, you're going to find that overall, the next day is a complete write off. And then you're missing that sort of key focus time that you could have spent doing something more important. So anyway, I could keep going on and on about this, but I, I think like those are the best ways to think about like getting more energy. Again, it's not about time. It's about energy. Okay. If we look at the second concept here for productivity, being more productive, getting more stuff done, we can think about like sort of how we deploy this energy better. Now, I think that a lot of the concepts we have discussed do fit in here. And, and this is where we can think about shifting the tasks that we have to a good point in the day where you actually have the right amount of energy for it. If I am a little bit sort of fatigued and, you know, it's the end of the day, I've been doing a whole bunch of storyboarding on my comic, it can actually be really fun and enjoyable to sit down for maybe the last four hours of my eight hour day and do some, you know, art that's a little bit more cathartic, right? I'm doing drawing. I'm pretty comfortable doing these kind of things. I, I'm doing coloring. And what I want to do is just kind of chill out and do my art. And I know that if I match that type of work, to that type of uh, time of the day, then I have this kind of really good experience. So deploying it well will mean that overall I'm more productive. The reason that I notice this is I'm often timing myself because I'm using um, sort of time blocking. And, and that's something, again, I've talked about on this channel. So I kind of know how long things take. And what I'll sort of tend to find is like, 
for instance, if I really focus and say, okay, this is it, it's go time, Tim, we are going to block in this page, I can get the whole thing done in 15 minutes. Because I, I know what I'm doing. And, and I'm just like perspective here, this is the and I'm just check, 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 right. And again, I'm fully focused on it. But if I start to just be like, oh, maybe I'll like noodle around and I'll like draw this character's face that doesn't need drawing yet, right? Because that's not the that's not the task I'm meant to be doing, that half an hour will pass. And I kind of haven't done anything. I've just like noodled around or, you know, I, I've made a whole bunch of stuff better that doesn't actually make any difference. And this is so important when it comes to art and, and understanding what's actually going to make a difference because it's easy for us to spend time and effort, put in a lot of stuff when we're doing our artwork and not understand that it's really not going to make any difference to the finished result. Now, Again, you may want to be an artist and just float around and do whatever you want. That That's fine. But if you're really looking to increase your productivity, thinking about these things is super critical. Now, the other thing to consider here is that on a grander scale, it's very easy for artists to float around and flit from one thing to another thing, right? We, we're often, you know, attracted to these shiny objects. So, you know, as another example if you're trying to learn anatomy, one of the things that often happens is we kind of start learning anatomy and then we start learning like, oh, maybe we're good to learn animal anatomy and creature anatomy. And then it would be like, oh, then I see some other tutorial doing this other thing. And, you know, so you start learning to draw cars and planes and boats and all this other stuff. It's really important in general to make sure that when we fatigue from a particular task that we don't just kind of flit around and then go to something else because it's often easier to engage in something new because often when you study things that are new, you know, you, you get knowledge really quickly and it feels really exciting to kind of start something new. And I think what will make the most difference in terms of you being really productive is just to stick to the things that you're doing and really make sure that you manage the energy around that. So often when it comes to deploying energy and time, what you don't notice is that just doing a few little things that are not really focused on your actual task, it doesn't just take away a little bit of time. It doesn't just take away a little bit of the result. It takes away a huge, massive, epic, ridiculous, um, disproportionate like amount out of the end result. So I think this often happens with students is they are studying anatomy. They are doing these things, but then we kind of start to diverge a little bit. We start to pick up these things. We kind of flitter about. And that really is where you start to hemorrhage result, right? You, you think you're putting in the time, but actually what's happening is you're kind of swapping tasks. You're multitasking what you're going about. It, it feels very exciting. Lots of stuff's happening in your head, but no actual result is happening. And this is often because we're not deploying the energy effectively. We, we lose a lot of energy when we transition from one thing to another, basically. So anyway, uh, this is another one of these little amorphous concepts, right? Deploying the energy. It sounds very technical, but I think this is such an important thing to understand is we need to view when we come to decide to do a task, right? You're like, I'm going to learn anatomy. I'm going to draw my comic book. I'm going to make my art book. I'm going to whatever it is. Um, I'm viewing these more as like sort of personal projects because I think this is often where this stuff comes up. 
it's not a shopping spree. It's not a matter of saying, I'm going to do all of these things and you know I just need this time and maybe I need to get more time or less time. We need to view the, the, the concentrated energy we have that really is the thing that's going to get that done the most as a precious resource and not to spend it on things that aren't going to be effective. So if you're trying to learn anatomy and then sort of getting excited about the idea of learning animal anatomy, that's going to huge, use up a huge amount of your energy bar. You're thinking about it. You're changing. You're looking for like books that talk about creature anatomy. Oh, this would be interesting. And then you look at this and you look at that. That is energy just going down the drain. So deploying the energy, being focused about it, I think is one of the most important but trickiest things to do. So the key here is just to notice when you're doing this and just to make sure that you view the energy you have each day as a very, very precious resource that you need to spend only on things that are actually going to move the needle forward. And I think also to appreciate that you are going to have time where you are going to just be able to chill out and be that more sort of artist artist where you're just kind of like doing that cathartic work, right? Like that will happen as well. Don't worry about that. There's plenty of time for that. But the most important thing is not to waste that precious energy. The third thing that I think can help your productivity is to be more efficient with the energy that you do have. And what we're really talking about here is a lot of those seminal productivity ideas like building a good ritual, building a good habit around your work, being positive and motivated and inspired to do it. I think the ritual often helps us to combine a lot of these concepts and also all of the things that are going to help us focus. And these could be your larger productivity concepts like, you know, David Allen's Getting Things Done, which talks about doing these sort of brain dumps, right? Like getting all of the critical, um, really important tasks that you you want to do in your life, these often these bigger aspirational things, separating those out from the really urgent things that are often sucking a lot of our energy, but aren't really that important to us overall. Um, it could be a matter of staying out of the gray zone of really making sure you engage your mental faculties properly. And this is a matter of paying attention to your biorhythms, making sure that you, you know, follow the Pomodoro method, or one of these kind of systems that essentially is, you know, linking up with your biorhythms and making sure that you're working for a short period of time, then you relax and then you engage and then you relax. There's a lot of these methods that I think are, are very sort of effective at, at increasing our focus. Um, again, I think the ritual is, is a really important one here. And what I'll do is I'll talk to these. So this would be a good refresher for some of these concepts, if you kind of have heard of them before, but I'm going to talk about how they specifically apply to these concepts and the things that I've been talking about. So hopefully it'll give a little bit of insight here. But if we look at the ritual, obviously the ritual allows us to maximize the way that we actually sit down and we're able to actually do stuff. So often if you don't really have a good ritual or a habit a routine around your art, often what you find is that it you, you lose a lot of energy and time at the, at the end and the beginning because you're kind of getting into the mood, you sit down, you draw, it's not quite working, you're not really there yet and it takes a long time. Whereas with when we really sort of build up an artistic ritual, we're really optimizing the space, we're making sure we have the, the time that we do these particular tasks is similar. So you're kind of prepared for them. And you also have what, you know, is often referred to as like an on-ramp and an off-ramp to this ritual where 
you do a particular set of things that really are formalized in, again, space and time. And I've talked a lot about the different things you can do there in some of the previous episodes. But it, it could just be a matter of, again, going for a little walk or, you know, you sort of get your beverage ready to, to draw. You kind of get everything ready, close the door. There are these things that if you put a lot of effort into formalizing it, it means you kind of trick your body into saying, okay, now all of the things that normally happen before I sit down and create are there. Um, and so I'm just going to do it. And the off-ramp is a matter of disengaging from a lot of that and making sure that when you come back into the world, you're a little bit more refreshed. So the way I like to describe this is to think about you have your sort of non-artistic self, which is often worrying about a lot of life things like taking out the garbage, paying bills, replying to emails, talking to people, all this kind of stuff that, you know, people I know who are really enmeshed within the creative lifestyle, we, we kind of call this like life stuff, right? This is the stuff that's not us sitting down in our studios making things. It's like anything that stops us from that is kind of life, right? Um, and again, there's, there's stuff that's very valuable, that, right? That, that's part of life, you know, like sort of family and friends and things. And then there's stuff that is not that important, like taking out the garbage, but still these things weigh on us. And so the basic thing is you, you have that and then you have your ideal artistic self, which is you sitting at your studio being, you know, this inspired, focused, artistic individual. And the trick is the ritual and the on-ramp and the off-ramp are where you kind of connect those two up. And you have a pattern and a habit for forgetting all of the stuff that was in your life and going into art mode. And the more you formalize that, the less time and energy you basically burn transitioning between those things. Um, and so that's where the ritual really will help you to be more efficient with the time you're actually spending there. It's easy for me to say I have one hour to do my storyboard but because I don't have my workspace set up, because I don't have a lot of habits to do that, um, you know, I kind of end up spending 15 minutes in the beginning and 15 minutes at the end kind of like messing around. And so I don't, I've, I, you know, I sort of halve the amount of actual product I'm actually going to be able to make. I, I'm far less productive. Um, and again, this is often that thing where like we think it's only a little bit of time, but actually these things are often halving or quartering our actual productivity for what we can what we can get done if we don't quite make sure we maximize that time. Now, the way that I think a ritualistic attitude here can really help when it comes to high focus and low focus tasks is that often what you can do is move and create different rituals for creating different types of work. So for instance, when I am doing comic book storyboarding, often I actually like to go and do it in a different place than when I'm sort of sitting here working. So if you know that sort of workstation there is normally where I will do most of my work, right? That's where I'm doing most of the actual drawing, most of the sort of menial production work. And normally if I'm doing my storyboarding work, which is where I've got, you know, like a little sort of, a, it's normally like a little sort of sketchbook or something like that. And I do most of my storyboarding and writing there. And I will normally take that outside if I can, or I'll take it to, you know, a, a different, a table or something like that. And I will often, you know, do this in the morning 
So I often have this thing. This this is like a morning routine where I have some time carved out, and because I'm sort of used to doing that, it means that when I you know go out to my garden and I have a little sort of table set up there or a little kind of uh, garden sort of outdoor couchy thing, you know, again, you know, it changes year to year. Sometimes when it's raining, you can't do this, but. What it means is I kind of go out there and I have this book and it's like my brain just goes, oh, it's storyboarding time. Let's just do storyboarding because that's what we do. And and I don't have to get in the, the mood. I don't have to put in any effort. It just kind of happens. So that's where the idea of ritual can help us to be very, very effective and efficient when it comes to deploying and using energy, right? We become much more effective at it. The real challenge here is losing a couple of hours of that high productive time each day just because we're not really managing it. Again, view it as like sort of liquid gold, right? Your high focus time is liquid gold. You don't want to spill any of it by kind of just messing about. Um, so again, I, I think like that's like a really good sort of example there of, you know, being being more efficient. The other thing that you can sort of do is to obviously stay out of the gray zone. And this is a matter of uh, this, you know, I think this concept really comes from The Power of Full Engagement, which is a book uh, written by Tony Schwartz. And I always forget the the other author's name. And this just talks about a lot of it is sort of sports, high performance attitudes to focus and how you can get a lot more stuff done and really sort of focus on these high focus inflow tasks if you just kind of stop multitasking basically and, and all productivity literature says don't multitask don't do this don't multitask don't multitask don't multitask don't do two things at once just do one thing right and you'll get a lot more done that's true but mostly for these high focus tasks it's less true for basket weaving right i think probably you get a lot more basket weaving done in the day if you just kind of do it for you know 10 hours a day or something and you just chill out and talk to someone while you do it right because it, it's you know it doesn't actually require that much cognitive effort but for storyboarding and doing all these kind of high focus tasks i think it is really critical if you're actually like up against it from a deadline perspective Really thinking about these concepts of engagement, like full focus will help a huge amount because this is what, again, will allow you to actually use that one hour. And we often think when we're multitasking, and this is similar when it comes to, as I was talking about before, multitasking in general with like, I'm going to learn anatomy and then creature anatomy, and then I'm going to draw cars and now I'm going to do this. And like, actually, I should think about this. It's the same thing. Flittering from one thing to another is similar to the idea of multitasking, which is like it feels like because we are moving around in our mind a lot and it is taking a lot of cognitive effort. It's taking our energy to think about these different things. It takes energy to multitask. But it's one of these sort of, you know, logical paradox things, right? It's 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 a fallacy. Just because it feels like you're expending energy and just because you're expending energy and the thing that you're doing is requiring a lot of energy, which multitasking does, it burns out a huge amount of this liquid mana from heaven, this gold, this fire focus time. It just burns through that, right? It's just like kerosene on a fire, just like woof. There it goes. Because you looked at Instagram, because you looked at some website because you had some little thought and, and instead of going, you know, what, I'll check that after I've done this high focus, really important task. You just kind of then start Googling that or, uh, you know, you let your mind wander. You don't engage your mind fully. It feels like to you, like, oh, I'm being really effective because I'm doing all these things. What's happening to the actual product to you actually doing stuff is that nothing's getting done, right? And, and you're, you're 
drastically reducing your effectiveness. And this is often the real trick of it is because we feel like we're getting a lot done, right? But you're actually getting nothing done. This is where you spend an hour and you probably get 10 minutes or five minutes of actual work. And this is, if you time yourself, you see this stuff happening. So anyway, that is a really important aspect to, to work on. When you're trying to be high focus, make sure you are being you know, high focused and doing all those things like staying out of the gray zone, no, no multitasking. And again, applying these kind of Pomodoro method, the 20 minutes, the 25 minutes, half an hour on, you know, a few minutes off, you're resting. This aligns with your old treating rhythm. And this really is what that sort of focus thing is all about. Not burning out your kind of short-term energy focus. So I think, you know, hopefully that gives you a few ideas there about how being more efficient and effective can kind of, you know, help you overall. I mean, a lot of this just comes down to being very deliberate and direct about what you're doing and not falling for a lot of these sort of simple productivity traps. But I mean, a good example of how I guess I can sort of share that I've used a lot of these different concepts is that, and, and why I think this stuff is so important, again, before we get to the takeaways, you know, for instance, I would have a lot of these weird instincts that were just sort of counterproductive to my success. I used to sort of get up and I would probably have a lot of this alert time in the morning, right? But instead of, you know, spending it on these high focus tasks, I would kind of have this feeling that like, I've got 10 things to do this day. And some of it is art, some of it is my work, and some of it is like this boring life stuff. Like I've got to go pick something up, I got to go here, I got to do that, I got to pay this bill, I've got to take out the garbage, I have to mow the lawn, like whatever it is for you, right? We all have this stuff. And I would kind of have this instinct, which is like, you should eat your vegetables first, right? You should get that stuff out of the way. And I'm like, if I do all that stuff now, early in the morning, like I'll just go pick that thing up now. Um... Because again, I'm like, I've got lots of energy, like I'll do it, it'll be easy. And then I'll kind of get to the point where, you know, I I, I can just work on my art. I, I won't have to stress about any of that. And I think this is a natural inclination. But what it means is that I'm kind of wasting that high focus time I have in the morning on complete garbage that has nothing, often literal garbage that has nothing to do with me producing good work or again, being able to produce a little bit more or when I'm really on deadline, being able to, you know, get stuff finished so I can actually go to bed or so I have a weekend, right? It's often these things that make the difference. And what I've sort of done now is I just make sure I don't do that. Every day, the first few hours are really treated as like, sort of super valuable, right? They're sacrosanct. They are the hours that I have to spend doing the storyboarding, the recording uh, videos, recording courses, um, writing things. And, you know, I just make sure that I don't ever do anything in the morning now that is not, you know, unless I really, really need to. And I found that made a huge difference. It's just a really simple thing. But I just had this instinct before that, feels pretty natural, which is like, I'll just get all that boring stuff out of the way first, and then I'll be able to focus on my art. But what I find is like in the morning, we often feel like, certainly I do, I feel like I have unlimited energy and then I'm going to be able to get everything done. And then as the day progresses, you know, the the afternoon comes and I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really want to do that thing. I don't want to do that thing that requires a little bit more high focus. 
um, maybe I'll just do it tomorrow, right? I'll do it later. And then I always have these delusions of grandeur that, uh, you know, late at night, I'll be able to get all this stuff done. And then it sort of gets to late at night and I'm sort of exhausted and I'm like, I, I can't do any of that, right? So, you know, again, this is my sort of uh, delusional uh, optimism when it comes to time. But I found just making that simple shift has, has allowed me to get a huge it's allowed me to get a lot more stuff done. So often it can be just as simple as that, like applying like a few of these things will kind of help. You don't need to go and go crazy and like apply every productivity thing. Um, you're, you're not going to be 100% successful with all of them all the time. But what you find is like, even if you do a little bit of this, I, I feel like you could probably easily double your productivity. Um, and this doesn't mean that you're going to feel any different. It just means that when you look at over the month, you're like, wow, I got a lot more done because I was doing those things. It won't feel that much different because again, the things we're often filling that time with, that high focus time with is multitasking or thinking about stuff that doesn't matter. And that will still feel like you're very productive. It's just that no actual art happens. All right. So as usual, those are fairly amorphous, abstract thoughts. What I want to do is do some takeaways here and I really sort of dive into what I think are the primary things that we tend to sort of get a little bit upside down, uh, a little bit wrong, or like I was just saying, often instincts that we might have that are not necessarily actually going to serve the higher purpose of us getting things done. Again, I think this is such a challenging subject because the way we feel is often not necessarily related to what happens. And this is where I think you can be super inspired, super motivated. You're sitting down there, you're doing a lot of stuff and, and you feel like everything's happening and, and it, you know, it's all positive. And then you kind of look at it and you're like, what happened? I didn't actually get much done. And as that sort of progresses over time, you kind of realize like, no, something's not working, right? I need more time. You know, this, this is not quite working, but, but I genuinely think if you do apply these simple concepts and I think shifting the idea from time to energy is so valuable here. Um, what you'll find, I think, again, let me know if this sort of works for you in the comments down below, but I certainly found and people I've sort of mentored and sort of taught this stuff to have found this as well, is that over the long term, this really does make a difference. You do find that you have more stuff that you've done over the month. But anyway, let's look at some takeaways. If we look at this firstly from an analytical point of view, I think what I've basically said is that you will gain a lot of extra stuff product, right? You'll become more productive. You'll get more art done if you match the task that you're doing to the level of energy you have. Now, every artist is different. And this may be not a situation where you're dealing with like drastically different tasks, like writing and then doing art, or often I'm recording course videos, or I'm recording YouTube videos or recording podcasts. And then I'm writing comic books and then I'm drawing comic books and then I'm writing emails and then I'm writing descriptions. Like there's a lot of stuff that like this has become very valuable to me. But I, I think, uh, you know, because again, I have these different things that can really, it can sort of turn your brain to mush, right? If, if you're not kind of prepared to task switch. And often what you find is that, you know, I'm doing a lot of these different tasks and yeah, it's often surprising to me the degree to which I just cannot do them at particular times of the day. But your day may be very different. You may have a much more artist-focused life where these things will help you to do different parts of your art at different times and sort of just think about maybe when you want to do that kind of full chill out. I'm going to watch a movie while I sort of do some 
do some drawing or I'm going to talk to someone on the phone or whatever it is, right? Um, and when you need to focus. But the basic concept here is you need to match the task that you're doing and to identify what type of focus and how much energy you actually need to put into it to do it really effectively. You need to match that to the time of the day and the space that you do it in that really matches and vibrates well with that particular energy. Um, so that's really all you need to sort of know. And I guess the, the other thing that I think is really important is that a lot of the things that I found really useful are these productivity concepts like, um, again, building good rituals and habits and understanding the, the ideas of flow and what we actually do as artists and how to get into the right mind frame, the right mindset, the, the importance of not multitasking on that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of those books are written, as I said, for business people and not all of them apply because the things that they just instinctively are talking about aren't, they don't always map to what we do as artists because often we are dealing with like, oh, I'm an artist and I sit in my studio all day and then I have to like do all this social media stuff. And it's a completely different creative modality in, in, in many instances. So, you know, they're not often dealing with that disparity of task, right? It's often like a lot of businessy sort of stuff. Again, I don't know a huge amount about that, but it, it has a different vibe and it doesn't speak to the different types of tasks that they have to do because often you you just don't get people who are these days talking about productivity, but they're engaging in these menial physical tasks that again are similar to something like basket weaving or shelling oysters or cracking nuts or something like that, um, you know, that uh, or picking olives or something like that that, you know, people would have done you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. Um, and, and I think it's important to appreciate the, the way that the different things we do relate to these different tasks and the way that we do them optimally. The other thing that, again, is worth mentioning, and let me know down in the comments below, but, um, you know, for me, uh, most of that hustle culture stuff, um, again, your Gary Vaynerchuk's crush it, uh, the, the general ethos and the idea behind just sort of grinding through having grit and determination. I, I've always found that to be very ineffective for art because as I said in the beginning, you need to bring the right emotional resonance that you have while you're creating the work to the work. So if you're crushing it and you're grinding through and you're bleary eyed and you're just kind of doing it anyway, because you need to do all this stuff and just push forward. Uh, I feel like often the work takes on a bit of that flavor and if that works, that works. But, you know, in many cases, I, I think that sort of doesn't work, right? So um, the bottom line here is I think it's important to understand that we need to take as much of those ideas as we can as artists, but you do need to understand that the specific things that we do are quite unique um, and the way we organize our, our day and the way we need to protect, again, these times where we are going into flow, and understanding that that critical thing that I think is a, a real sort of light bulb for me, which is that we are often doing with art these tasks that do require that full engagement. And so we need to employ that type of productivity. But also as an artist, I've often had these times where, yeah, I will spend days and days and days doing kind of like sort of multitasking things. I'm listening to an audiobook. I'm, I'm watching a movie in the background. I'm doing some menial art and I've always kind of liked doing that. I think it does come back to that idea of like you're basket weaving and you're talking to people. We're always talking to people. We're, we're kind of doing two things at once. I think a lot of us are actually kind of built for that, right? To be sort of doing something fussy with your hands while you're kind of talking to someone. 
Um, and, uh, you know, some of the tasks you do as an artist will be like that. And I think you have to do have to approach them a little bit differently to like ultimate productivity robot mode, right? But in the same way, if you do try and apply um, that sort of laissez-faire basket weaving attitude to something that's high focus, what you'll notice is you will get absolutely nothing done. If you really have something that does require your full attention and you kind of come into it as like, I'm going to kind of watch a movie while it's on in the background, you know, because it doesn't matter. I'm going to talk to someone while I'm doing it. Um, again, you, you can easily spend 10 hours doing something that would take you an hour or, or, or mess. I mean, the, the, the ratio is just absolutely abusive, right? It is just ridiculous how much time you can waste. And if you just focus and do it, you just find like, oh, I did that in like five minutes. And that that's sort of taken me, it's been like this giant struggle. But if you just turn the stuff off, if you just focus, you're like, oh, that's easy. I just did it. Um, it's some of these things you just can't do while you're distracted and you need full engagement, full entire focus. So anyway, I think that's probably what I would say is that the most important simple takeaways from an analytical standpoint. If you want a simple bro level version of this, it's just that adding more time is not really going to help, right? Like adding more time to a bad system is not really going to make you any more effective. You have to think about energy as opposed to time. Okay, thirdly, let's look at the actual practical takeaway. And this is really the whole point of this entire thing. And it, it's to say, I, I can share with you the, the, the major takeaway here. It's really simple. I think most people get this upside down. So I've, get, I've, talk, I've talked about three different ways that I think you can get more stuff done. You can get more time or energy or whatever, like you can get more resources to do it. You can figure out how to deploy them, right? Like what sort of strategy are you actually going to use to do that? And then you can get more efficient at it, right? You can actually, you know, figure out like, okay, when you're down there, if you decided, you've decided to actually do it, you've got the energy, like what do you do with it, right? Are you Are you... Are you spending like five hours to do something that could take you 15 minutes if you actually just sat down and did it? What's going on? I think that our instinct here is to say, I need more time. Things are not working. I need more time. And I think what you need to do is flip that on its head. And the first thing we should worry about is actually the efficiency. It's the ritual. It's making sure we do have the ability to focus and that when we're sitting down, we actually do that properly. Um, I think that is the thing that will actually allow you to get the most value out of the other time um, that you do spend. So the first thing is actually to look at the efficiency. It's all of those techniques and it's really to focus on specifically dealing with that efficiency from a high focus task perspective. So this means that what you're doing is really practicing to get good at fully engaging with your work with when you need to do your storyboarding, your blocking in, your initial drawings, anything that is really going to sort of burn your brain and, and take up a lot of energy, the thumbnailing process, whatever it is, you need to practice really being efficient with the way you do that because this is where you're going to be able to actually make a huge difference in the beginning. And this is the fundamental skill that I think you do need. The second thing that you should do is look at the deployment. And this is where we think more a matter of, okay, I know how to focus a lot, but maybe I have some low focus and some high focus tasks. And if I just kind of shift stuff around, 
right? You could do a little bit of this in the beginning, right? This may help you to just make simple adjustments, but I think you can actually get a lot of extra energy by really playing with this and figuring out at what time of the day you do particular tasks. It seems like a really simple thing, but what you find is, again, if you kind of get this right, I think you'll magically have a much more relaxed, fun day because you're matching all the tasks. Often, I feel like I would lose a lot of energy because it would be the beginning of the day and I actually want to just do some drawing. I'm like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I, I just kind of want to do my drawing. I just want to sort of curl up and do my artistic stuff. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'll record that thing later in the day. I, I'll do that storyboard later. I will uh, write that thing later because I just want to do a bit of this stuff. And and that is like, again, sometimes I think as artists, we, we want to be able to do that. But that really is the death of productivity. And that has been the death of many productive days for me. <laughs> it's just not biting the bullet and doing that stuff and saying like, look, just for two hours in the beginning of the day, I'm going to tackle all those, all those tasks. I'm going to do the storyboard. I'm going to prep that stuff. And then what I find is like, I've got that stuff out of the way. I know that that's in the bag. And then I can continue the rest of my day and just kind of chill out and do that drawing. I'll be able to do it later. And there's no time that's going to be more effective to do all those high focus tasks than in the morning for me. Again, yours may be different, but it's such a simple idea. But just shuffling the, the chess pieces around on the chessboard, just playing around with that, seeing when you have energy, seeing when you don't, seeing what works seeing where you can time shift other elements in your life will make a massive difference to the amount of actual energy you have throughout the day. If you burn out, not, nothing else matters, right? It doesn't even, you know, it's very hard to even do those sort of menial low-level tasks if you're burnt out. So the second thing is just to deploy the energy a little bit more effectively. Think about what you're doing when. Lastly, I think the last thing you should try and do is actually get more time or energy because it doesn't matter. There's no point in you know, getting more average time. You need to make sure that you're improving the quality of the amount of energy you have to sort of deploy over a shorter period of time. And the less time you have, the more effective and efficient you'll probably have to be at it to get things done. But when you do finally get to thinking about like, okay, I need to get more time, what you'll find is that because you have a better appreciation for the qualities of these times, it will be a lot easier for you to find more time in your day that's actually going to be effective. So for instance, if you're thinking about, okay, I need to get more time to do more stuff for whatever reason. And again, I think this can help us in a couple of key ways just before we sort of get get to the end of this is because often I do feel like artists, like it, it, a lot of this stuff does feel robotic. This like, I need to be a productive robot the thing is that there's there's three ways I think this can really help you as, as an artist. The first is that if you're just struggling to get stuff done, right, all of these concepts will really help you, right? It will help you get off the ground. It'll help you to be able to stop, you know, destroying yourself with multitasking. The second thing is that I think if you just organize these things a little bit better, you probably find that there's a little bit more relaxation and a little bit more fun if you're able to say, oh, this is something I don't really want to do, but I'm going to do it here where I'm fully, I'm going to be able to do it effectively. So this is the thing is often you have something that maybe is like a little bit more mundane. Maybe it's a little bit more like menial, but if you do it early in the day, when you're really focused, you can probably 
like, you know, <laughs> you can probably crush that task, right? Um, you know, pun intended. You can probably do it really effectively because you're fully focused on it. You can be like, okay, I don't want to do this, but let's just do it. Let's do this perspective, right? What's the quickest way I could do this? And because you have the mental, mental faculty, you can do it really quickly. And that means for the rest of the day, you can chill out. I really think that this does increase your fun and relaxation as an artist. The third thing is when you're really up against it, when you're really sort of, you know, under the pump deadline wise, these can be the things that allows you to have a weekend, right? That allows you to, you know, take the night off and not sort of be just grinding through for months. So I think there's many aspects and ways these ideas can help us as artists. It doesn't always have to be a matter of like optimizing everything, right? A little bit will go a long way. But if we go back to, you know, trying to find more time, I think that what you find is if you really understand the value of that sort of golden mana from heaven, the high focus time where you really can sort of think about things and, and, and handle a lot of challenging tasks. If you can find an extra hour of that, if you can find an extra half an hour of that by just like making sure you really get to it in the morning, um, what you find is like that can make a huge difference. If you can get an extra half an hour or an hour or an hour and a half of like real high focus time in the morning somehow again a lot of people who have busy lives get up early in the morning to get this extra like one hour two hours of like you know before everyone wakes up in the house and you know starts like needing things you get this high focus time i can really do it people have written books people have created great things in like two hour a day two hours a day um before you know when they get up at 5 a.m or 6 a.m or something so what you understand is like if you understand the value of that, then it's a lot easier for you to sort of really shift, shuffle stuff around and find the motivation to carve out those extra half an hour or an hour in your day early on when you really need it or to just really protect that time. And what you find is over time, right over the months and the years, if you just make sure that you really don't let other things intrude on those first, it could be anything, could be first one, two, three, five hours of your day or whatever it is for you that really works for you, where you're able to tackle those high focus tasks. If you don't let other things intrude on that, over time, you'll find you're going to get a lot more stuff done. A lot more productivity is going to happen. The other thing is if you understand the quality of really low focus time, you understand there probably are times where you can do sort of cathartic art, chill out stuff. And as long as you know that's what you're doing and you're focused, you've allocated that time, this can be a really low effort thing to do that still allows you to get a lot of sort of work done. So you could say like, look, I don't have enough time, but I'm going to make sure maybe, you know, like, uh, you know, at night, you, you just find sort of two hours or an hour and a half of like really menial work. Um, that, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to outsource this stuff, right? It's sort of, it's important to what you're doing, but it's just rendering or noodling or, you know, you've got to put a, a million little highlights on a spaceship design or something like that. You can just do that while you are listening to a podcast while you're kind of multitasking. And what you find again is like, if you do a little bit of that, if you kind of keep chipping away at that over time, you can have a very low impact experience, you know, and, and you will get a lot more done. So again, just a slight reframe, we flip it on its head. And I think we start with efficiency. We next go to like getting better at allocating the time we do have. And lastly, that's when you look for more time. And I think the more you understand about your specific day, specifically your life, specifically in your life, where 
you're likely to find high focus on low focus time. That's when you can start to be really effective at finding more time. And I think until you understand all those other things and you understand where you actually have the vibrational resonance for a particular task in your day, when that's going to be the most fun, the most effective, whatever it is, it's only then that you can really fine tune it. And I think actually find more time because we're always, you know, we're pretty maxed out on time, right? It's really hard to find just massive amounts of time that is going to make a difference, right? But what you've, again, if you just over the long term, if you figure out where the little channels of gold are in your schedule that are actually going to align with what's fun and exciting and relaxing to do, and it's not going to make you burn out, then I think, yeah, just doing it that way will allow you to optimize and get the most done, which again, is not something that, you know, you don't have to be some productivity fiend. This can help you, as I said, in those three ways. You might just need to get stuff off the ground. In that case, it often requires a lot of energy to get motivated, a lot of energy to build momentum. You're pulling that flywheel in the beginning. It's rough. Employing these tactics can be the thing that makes the difference. Secondly, I think if you just employ these, it will make your general life as a freelance full-time artist or someone who's doing it as a hobby more enjoyable because you are going to have a little bit more control over you know allocating things where they need to be and lastly if you're completely smashed for deadlines right this is the stuff that's actually going to allow you to do it and still have a life all right the fourth takeaway here is the philosophical spiritual takeaway which we have kind of touched on to a certain degree but here I think it's important to understand that I genuinely think as artists, we have a little bit of a unique experience, and especially today when often we are juggling a variety of things. Even artists who work for big studios have a social media presence. They're, they're often trying to you know, put their art out into the world, and these things do take time. We are not only doing our craft, we're doing different elements of it. We often you know, have to take on more and more tasks as you know time progresses as we tend to have more automation in the world we are often in this situation where we have to be our own marketing department our own self-promotional department we are more able these days to actually manage and, and take on entire projects ourselves which means that you're doing different tasks right you may be trying to make an art book and you're like well i'm just going to do it myself so you got to learn InDesign. you know you got to learn basic design theory, you know, you got to learn typography. And these are tasks that you can learn because we live in the modern day and you can just take courses on these things. You can watch YouTube videos. You can get the basics down really easily. And what it means is often you just kind of have these things that are going to be really important and valuable to you that do take up a lot of focus and a lot of energy. And, and if you if you're able to kind of manage that, I think we, we can sort of get a lot of stuff done and, and still, again, be very creative. But I think the real thing here is to understand that as artists, we, we are a little bit in two worlds there. We do deal with a lot of this kind of menial handwork, right? We, we are literally like hunter-gatherer societies. We're weaving baskets. We're doing very physical things. We're strolling through the forest and picking berries. We are connected to that idea where you're doing something that doesn't require your full focus. The tasks that we're doing frequently are sublimated to our subconscious mind. You're just making marks for no other reason than that's your instinct. And there's not a lot of cognitive neocortex required there. But when you're learning InDesign because you want to create your own art book, 
there's a lot of conscious neocortex, right? You need to think about it. It's logical. There's words, there's techniques, there's theories, there's concepts. And separating these out as an artist to make sure that you are happy because you're tackling you know, the task when you actually have the mental faculty for it, I think is important. And it's very easy to maybe make the mistake to say, I will learn how to make my art book after work. I will learn how to make my art book in my spare time. What you find is maybe that's not the most effective way to do it because those things are actually going to be quite challenging. And if you do them quickly and effectively, just do that half an hour in the day, right? In the beginning of the day, you may find over the long term that's much more effective. And I think just being taking, like trying to appreciate our artistic selves where we do just want to kind of curl up in a ball and <laughs> do art, right? That's often how, like, let me know in the comments. That's kind of how I feel. That's often my sort of lived experiences. I'm like, I just want all this to go away and I just want to like sit down, do my drawing and like, I don't want to, you know, I want to, I want the escape. That I think that's often why we get into this, right? Um, I think that's so important. And when we read a lot of this, the, the value that we can get from productivity literature, all the stuff I've mentioned is that you can really effectively deal with this modern world where you need to deal with like, you know, social media, blah, 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 etc. like learning these new tools. There's so many opportunities available to us if we can um, avail ourselves of them. I think that you do need to look and get and use as much of that productivity stuff as you can and make sure that you balance it with your life. So this is where, again, this idea of understanding energy versus time and breaking down the tasks that you have into different levels of focus, I think a fundamental key. This has really helped me to understand my day a little bit better. I'm a little bit of a productivity nerd in, you know, in, you know, in the beginning. So, you know, I, I tend to be sort of attracted to these things, but I found they don't always work because again, I'm like, this doesn't work for art. Like I can't do this, you know? And I'm like, should I feel bad that I'm like watching a movie while I'm doing a really boring art task? Like, is this ineffective? Should I be hundred percent focusing on it? Again, I, I think it's important to understand that we are a little bit unique as artists. We, we can't crush it. We can't hustle. We, we can't be sort of business automatons. You know, uh, we don't necessarily, you know, have the same challenges that often this productivity literature is designed for. But the tools there can be very, very useful to us. Anyway, that is all that we have time for on this particular episode. Let me know what you thought of this one. This is one of these ideas where I have found this to be immensely useful for me, but it is hard to articulate and bring it to you in some way that I, I feel like is kind of easily digestible. So I'm kind of working through this. Let me know how this kind of lands, whether this idea has kind of helped you. Again, there's a bunch of sort of different ideas in here, but Again, the main takeaway is just to think in terms of energy versus time and to appreciate the different types of work that we have to do throughout the day and the unique experience we have as artists. But I'd love to know your experience with this, whether you've had any sort of good or bad experiences working with hustle culture, grinding, right? Pushing stuff up through uphill, right? Grit and determination, um, you know, or again, these ideas of, uh, you know, sort of the power and full engagement, um, you know, rituals. Uh, again, let us know what your experience is. I think other people would find it really valuable to, you know, hear the different sort of things that, that people have kind of, uh, you know, dealt with day to day. So anyway, that would be really good if you could share that. Other than that, 
catch you around on the next one.